Uh, Leighton Hewitt, Kim Kleist has been very popular today about the splits that, splits that upset you, i got to say. The biggest split, says Dana Canberra, would have to be the split under Gary Jack's eye after Ian Roberts took exception to something that Gary Jack said. Oh, that was brutal. He was one of the, he was arguably the most brutal footballer I've seen, Ian Roberts. I spoke to Ian Roberts about, he can't remember part of his career too. He says, oh, I said, what about the hit you put on Mick Potter? Oh, I don't remember that. You can see it on YouTube. He absolutely folded Mick Potter for the drags. A nice little kick return, 20 metres out, and Roberts just comes in and bang, split the bloke in half. And Jules says, Daniel, the great sporting splits. I can't go past Cooper Cronk and the Storm, the first of the big three to leave. It felt like John Lennon leaving the Beatles, breaking his contract early to relocate to Sydney for love and start a family with his now wife, Tara Rushton. Seen as a Yoko... Oh, well, that's harsh on Tara Rushton. As a Yoko Ono-type character, the difference here is Tara Rushton actually has talent in her chosen field. Whereas Yoko just does these really weird, conceptual albums. Anyway, make of that what you will. Yes. The break up the greatest trio in rugby league's modern era. If Cronk saw out his contract, there's an argument to say the Storm go back to back in 2018. What could have been? Uh, yes, yeah, sliding doors and what ifs. That's the thing about if. It's a little word, but such a big word at the same time. Uh, thank you, Thorough, as always. And before we get to T-Buck Chuck, I hope you're well. I am. Sporting separations. Brian Fletcher from the permed hair at Souths to now shaved head, says Corey Dragon at Maruya. Yes, and um, hopefully the perm never returns. Although Soul Glow stocks plummeted after he shaved his melon. Hello to you, Bear's Head. 0457 736 736. And hello again to you, Tubuck Chuck. Hello. Uh, the college football championships are just about to get underway over in America between Michigan football. and just... Washington. Do you enjoy your college football? No, I don't watch it. No, I don't have kids now. I don't have time to watch college football. That's why I rely on you. Yeah, we that's, that's fair enough. Young, 25. A girlfriend who works during the single day. Single, ready to mingle. Oh, you're not yeah. single. Sorry. No, Apologies not single. to your girlfriend. She won't be listening. No, she definitely okay. won't be, yeah. <laughs> be listening. Uh, but do you know how they rank the, the college football teams to that, that playoff in the, the prelim finals, essentially, or the, the Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl games? Explain to us. So they have a, a committee, yep. uh, a college football committee, in which every week they give a sort of power ranking to the, the best teams. So... They say, yep, this team is number one. They're 13 and 0. This team's number two. They're also 13 and 0. This team, oh, despite being 12 and 1, they've bounced back and are the third best team in the country. So they do power ranking style. And a team, uh, Florida State, uh, earlier this year went 13 and 0 and did not make it to the final four, which meant they didn't have the right to even play to get into the college football championship. 13 and 0. They went 13 and 0. Um, Who's responsible for these power rankings? The, the the college football power rankings committee. I'd love to know what the yeah. criteria is, though. Yeah. So what? Just go on field, is it? Well, well, so they base it off team performance, uh, injuries as well as a big one. So if a star player gets injured, uh, they, how would they perform? In what world is that? Okay, I don't know. So what happened to the Florida State team was that their star quarterback, he got injured uh, when they were 9-0. and mm. They then went, went won their next four games unconvincingly, though, according to the committee. Without their star QB. Without their star QB. Yeah. So they said, you know what, they're, they're not as strong as the Alabama team who went 12-1, and one, who many people have disagreed with. Right, okay. The, yeah. the college football committee was later uh, vindicated when Florida State, in their bowl game, lost 63-3 to three, mm. um, without their star quarterback, which leads me to this question, and I'm, I'm big on this. Should we have a NRL-style committee in the for, for rugby league? Should we have a committee judging on which teams are the best 
power ranking style. No, we don't need because, to. That's because, what our SEN digital department does, Charles, <laughs> which you're integral to. Power well, rankings and people, who puts these lists together? I, I, I'm just of the opinion that there's always a team that scrapes in towards back of the scene that starts either really strongly yeah. and then fades away late and then just because they banked all those wins, they sneak in and then they get bounced in the first week. The line, yeah. Whereas there are teams who... Albeit start slowly, but then peak their way up, but Roosters. just don't make it. So, so that's why I'm and I'm leading the campaign. I'm leading the charge. We need a committee power ranking style for the NRL. Sure what are your thoughts on that? Plenty of groundswell on that front, Charles. <laughs> uh, no doubt. Uh, look, can I think about it? Of course you can. Yeah, right. This is not a one and done thing. This is a this is a long campaign that we're we're launching today. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. All right, due diligence. Yeah, this will be mark this on the what's the date? January 9th, twenty twenty four. Yeah, mark it. Clip this. Uh, Listen to this, Blake yeah. Maestro. It's like in the early days of twenties, try to get a hashtag to trend. It's just <laughs> not happening, is it? It's just not happening. Anything else you got, Chuckles? Uh, no, that's it. All right, thank you. Yeah, that's all right. You're all welcome. Right. Hey, Maestro, I bring you in because I haven't spoken to you. Alan Stachich and the Matildas. Was that a was was that a split that saddened you? I mean, it was a very controversial one at the time. Yeah, as uh, we don't have time to go into all the intricacies of that little separation. Um, yes, I would say it did sadden me. It was just before the 2019 World Cup, which Ante Milicic ended up taking the Matildas to, still managed to win a knockout game and get through to the quarterfinals. But um, yeah, there's a certainly a, a thought within Australian football that that team could have gone as far as the team four years later at our mm. own World Cup. Franz Beckenbauer, the yes. Kaiser. You know, when you see these lists of the greatest, I mean, he's you know, obviously Ronaldo Messi more recent times, but then you've got your your Cruyffs and your Beckenbauers and these you know sorts of players. They're always mentioned. Bobby Moore is probably the only other player I can think of as as a defender that yeah. is revered in the way that Franz was. Mm. And um, Beckenbauer changed football because of the way that he defended. He was a sweeper when his team were defending. That's uh, basically a, a roaming player around the back line. And then he would step in front into midfield when they, they had the ball. So he was technically adroit enough to to perform an attacking role, essentially, yeah. with the ball as well as being the, the linchpin to their defence. Um, and that was a system that he pioneered and basically carried football all the way through to the late 90s. You know, when you think of a player that changed the way his sport was played, he certainly falls into that category. And he's one of the only three men. Uh, we lost another one of them, Mario Zagallo, um, on Saturday, to As, have played yes. in and uh, coached his country to a World Cup. So two in recent times. So mm. how's Didier Deschamps feeling at this point? Well, time, that's right? right. And he's the most recent of them, Didier. Um, but France was also... Zagallo was part of the Brazil team that won the World Cup in 58 and 62. But Franz Beckenbauer was the captain of the West German side that won it in 74, playing the Socceroos on the way to doing so in the group stages. There you go. And uh, Simon Hill, our illustrious colleague, has tweeted a photo of him and Beckenbauer from 2005. He has an age today, Simon. He's a bit longer and greyer. No, he certainly has age today. And Beckenbauer, just finally, the last yeah. connection to our Australian audience, he is, he is reportedly the single vote that we got in voting for the 2022 
World Cup, oh, that God. infamous we campaign. Money up yes, the exactly. Wall. Was it Les Murray who said the bastards moved the goalpost on us? Well, and saying, yeah. Franz Beckenbauer was left holding the candle for Australia. So he'll <laughs> always be remembered for that. Thank you to Kaiser. Uh, uh, rest in peace. Rest in peace. Bonai Jack. Gary Jack's reference to Roberts' boyfriend wasn't a great career move. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, the biggest sporting split was in the front half of one Australian split. Oh, I remember that too. The back half of America's Cup Challenge. You know, light as a feather, these boats. The split of the Northern Eagles with the death of the Bears in the NRL. It's better than being associated with Manly. <laughs> as a Bulldog supporter, hopefully a better year. Still worried about our front row not being dominant enough. Yeah, I mean, Chris Patolo on the bench. You're short, aren't you? A couple of front rowers, I think, Junior Smithy. I've noted the Roosters say, oh, no, we've read that one. Yes, thank you, crime scene. And good luck to your North Queensland Cowboys. Uh, guys, I think Flanagan has got something to prove. Given his history, I also think he's going to use his motivation to the players that nobody expects him to do anything. I also think they'll be in the top eight and they need us to fans back. Ah, uh, Dragon, Daggy Dragon. I don't think they're going to make the top eight, but I see improvement from the Dragons. Of course, the Roosters fans are plentiful. They've been in the comp since 1908. No joint ventures with the Chooks. Unlike St. George and Balmain, we're a true foundation club. That was really unnecessary, Matthew. Highly unnecessary. Uh, Jules, all the rich billionaires that run the PGA made all their money dealing with the rich Middle Eastern countries of which you speak. Isn't it funny how you don't hear anyone mentioning the human rights factors in the case? Double standards, I would think, says PG. Yeah, probably right. Probably right. NRL needs a play-in tournament. Where are you going to fit it? Where are you going to fit it? There's no way that'll ever, ever happen. A play. Yes, Chuck. Well, just, oh, are you just, still just, here? Yeah, right. I am still here. Just start the season early. To start the season one, two weeks earlier, I agree. The playing tournament, I agree. I'm still a fan of my, my committee power ranking style. <laughs> but a playing tournament makes a lot more sense because it's, it's worked wonders for the NBA. Mm. It's worked wonders for the NBL. Let it work wonders for the NRL. We're all about Americanization of sports here. Well, Damien says the playing tournament would be during the regular season. The final two rounds wouldn't be finalised until we know who's a chance of making the eight. Those teams play against each other. You know what, Damien? Uh, that's a much better idea. We're getting to, <laughs> we're getting to Joel Kane areas here right now. So, oh, God, I've got to think about it. All right, let's take a break.